You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Welcome, family, friends, fans, and foes. It's time once again for Never Sleep Soapworks Talking Wrestling. And I'm Casey Corbin, and thank you for joining us today on the podcast. But before we get to the podcast, you know what you got to do? Hit us up on all the social media outlets. If you could do that for me right now, that would be greatly appreciated. Just go to Twitter, open it up, at TNWPod. Boom, follow. That's how it works. Instagram, Talking Wrestling Podcast at Instagram.com. Give us a follow there. Uh, where else? Facebook. We're on Facebook. Uh, Facebook backslash Talking Wrestling. Check us out there. Uh, we're also on iTunes, uh, Apple Music, uh, wherever you can find popular podcasts. We are on Spotify. So go give us a follow, uh, rate, review, subscribe on the iTunes if you do that still. Uh, wherever you can find popular podcasts. I'd like to think we're a popular podcast, so we would fall under that bracket. So go check us out. Help us out. Uh, well, let's get down to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know my co-host. You love him, and uh, he's here right now uh, over six feet away. Uh, please welcome to the show, Reese Turner. Oh, man, we're here again. It's another live show, and I'm here with my man, Casey. What's going on, my dude? Not too much, not too much. I can guarantee you that every show I do is live. This is live right before your steaming ears right now, baby. So uh, how are you doing, bud? How are things? Great, brother. Great. So, you know, it's April. We're coming up. It's, uh, we're recording on a beautiful day. Uh, you know, it's... Uh... It's, well, it's a holiday for us. Today we're recording on 420, and we're a couple of people that celebrate 420. We, I like to personally, I like to have 420 all year long. You know, I'm one of those like Christmas people, you know? You know, people that just like, I love Christmas all year long. Those people are annoying, but I'm one of those people when it comes to 420. Well, I listen, I like both. Okay, give me Christmas and 420 all year long. Give me gifts of 420 all year long. I was going to say, give me 420 on Christmas, and it makes it way more doable. <laughs> the older you get, the more difficult Christmas becomes. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, speaking of Christmas, another Christmas in April is every year we get, there's no April Fools. It is WrestleMania. And we just finished WrestleMania 39. And uh, how did you like it? I like the like a lot of people online, from what I can tell, is I really enjoyed it, but I found Night One to be superior. I felt Night One was far superior. Uh, I really liked both. I really thought WWE, like, that's two WrestleManias in a row that they've really... And this one, you know, I really wanted, for years I wanted this to be The Rock versus Roman. And I'm not going to say that I was let down because 
I thought Roman and Cody was a solid match. Um, but we'll get into it. Like, you know, yeah. you know, I'm I'm not I'm just gonna say it right now. You know it should have been Roman and Sammy when the biggest pop in the Roman match was when Sammy interfered. Exactly. That told you if if number if night number one and Sammy and Kevin going over and, and that was being the best show like the best show of the weekend and that was probably the best match well maybe the th- the, the uh, three way um but uh you know Sammy showing up on night 2 just shows you how they should have just went Sammy and uh and Listen. And, and 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 Roman maybe even a three way because Sammy is a good hey, a boy, but, and he but, deserves a lot. But it was nothing but good Canadian boys all weekend long. WrestleCon, WrestleMania, the Canadians showing up right before us. Brock Lesnar starting it off, good Canadian boy comes down, good. just Canadian whoops almost, boy. took almost to to Suplex City. That guy has never thought he would ever go there. And yeah. he got like what seven, eight suplexes for a guy that's eight feet tall. Insane. Okay. And, and I do okay. believe I do now. I knew Brock was going to win because Brock's my boy. But yeah. uh, you, uh, I believe, took almost. And now, I think uh, we're going to bring this up. And I knew that there was a reason why we wrote all this stuff down. <laughs> and, okay, okay, I did take Omos. Okay, I did. I did it. I took him. Yeah, but. With a very clear caveat that the Hurt Business would be involved with assistance from new members of the Hurt Business, the Street Profits, and none of that happened. None of that happened. However, however, you did predict Trish Stratus was going to flip. And she oh, we're going to get into that, Casey. Best believe we're going to get into that when we talk about that match, okay? Best oh, believe. Like, I, look at I knew Trish Stratus was back when I saw her boobs and how much bigger they were compared to how much bigger they were last year at this time. I'm just going to say, she got, I think she got some new boobs to be a throwback to the old Trish Stratus, and uh, they're definitely bigger than they have been in years. And kudos, whether you did or not, Trish Stratus is back. Good day, girl! And uh, and you know what? I like the I like Trish Stratus, Trish Stratus when she's bad, even better when she's good. So, so let's jump in and we'll talk about that match. Then let's do that, eh? So uh, you had them with the Lynch, Lita, and Trish taking the win, and I had Damage Control taking the win because of Trish flipping and turning heel. I was right. It just took an extra week. It took an extra week. It took. It did take an extra week. It seemed like to me the big, the big surprises, which I don't really think there were any, all happened like later. You know, um, you know, it was so crazy. Like just Brock coming out right off the get go. Oh my God! I like, went. What did, like, nuts. what did that do for poor Omos though? Now Omos looks like a punk again. No, he doesn't. He just looks like another person that's lost to Brock Lesnar. There's a lot of them. This is a funny, but he shouldn't have let him like, yeah, yeah, I just don't like that match. I didn't like that. I didn't like it at all. I love Brock Lesnar. Didn't like that match. It's like, uh, I thought Brock Lesnar was leaving WWE, but yeah. uh, now that Vince is back, Brock Lesnar ain't going nowhere. 
<laughs> Nowhere. And you can tell, like, there's a couple of decisions there. Like, we both, like, for example, we'll jump to another match from night one here. We'll talk about John Cena versus Austin Theory. Now, that was a surprise. We, yeah, that was a surprise. We both had John Cena going over. Yes. But Austin Theory, Vince McMahon's golden boy. Yeah, not happy with that. Um, to be honest, I'm going to just talk. Uh, popular untake, a po- unpopular take right now coming up. You're not going to like what I'm going to say. But I didn't need all the hoopla with all those make-a-wish kids out in the out, yeah. out before. it. No, no. What I wanted to hear were the horns and then John Cena's. John Cena, that is the worst entrance John Cena's ever done. WrestleMania, yeah. John Cena's known for his entrances and having some of the best entrances in WrestleMania history, marching out a bunch of sick kids. The, the one girl didn't even know where she was. I don't even yeah. know if you saw her. She just had her made, over they, her face. They marched those poor sick children out, and they make them watch their hero lose. And lose, hey, he kids, did. I know you got a real tough fight ahead of you, a real hard fight against insurmountable odds. Well, guess what? Even your hero fails. Not so good. will you. You will fail. Look, it, I've like, said, come on. Come on. I've said this before. If John Cena has made the most make-a-wishes ever, I don't want to even see him. He's like the Grim Reaper. He's at the hospital so often. He visits the kid. The kid goes away. He should the undertake. He's the undertaker of Make a Wish people. That's what he is. When you see John Cena coming down the hall, you hide for fear because well, maybe some of his kids got okay after the wishes were granted. Oh, like the kid that sings the songs in Montreal. We can't talk about it because he'll sue us. We know he sue his yeah, parents are very. Yeah, sues comics, so they, we can't they talk sue about comics, it. comics, so we can't talk Let's about it. Let's move on. You want to talk about this for match so that we don't get sued very much? <laughs> yeah. We're gonna talk. Okay. Okay. So uh, let's talk about uh, Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley. Charlotte Flair versus Rhea, Lip- Rhea Ripley. Man, there was one part in that match where uh, it. I don't like it was a little bit of a boo boo where Charlotte's head came down and hit the mat hard. That's what I remember from that match. And uh, I just rem- I also remember uh, Rhea Ripley winning, which kind of is well, I, I, I that's what I thought would happen because Rhea's Judgment Day, even though I'm not a big fan of Judgment Day, but they're kind of on fire right now, they're doing very well. Like, the people are starting to take to Dominic. Uh, people love Rhea and Dominic together, even though I think Rhea's really with Damian Priest. And, um, uh, you know, Finn Bauer. Holy shit. <laughs> there was nothing easy about his match, but there was 14 staples, you know. That's right. So you, you did pick... Uh, Rhea Ripley, and I went the route of Charlotte Flair because I didn't think Charlotte would come in and just lose on her first defense. But you made a great point when I listened back to the uh, episode there that she is a good champ and she loses all the time. That's why she has so many title rights. Yeah, that's exactly like her dad. And a lot of times yeah. she's better chasing the title than she is with the title. Yeah. So, you know, um, there's so many great like I'm just trying to think of so many like my favorite matches, you know. You know who was going nuts 
for the triple threat. Yeah. Can we just talk about the triple threat and how so the we triple did threat, so we, That's uh, Gunther, Drew, and Sheamus. Yeah. How? Well, I picked Gunther to win because I said Sheamus and Drew just cancel each other out. Um, that match was probably the best match that was not expected to be the best match. Like, that was the surprise of the Mania. It was and, a good match. It was a very good match. And you know who was going nuts in the crowd for it? What celebrity was, like, constantly jumping out of his seat, going nuts for all the you, big spots? You, you. No, 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 no. Kind of looks like me a little bit. Or I kind of look like him a little bit. But a man by the name of Rick Rubin. Now, uh, for those of you who don't know, Rick Rubin is a legendary music producer who has brought us to albums like License to Ill and so many more. And Rick Rubin is a giant WWE fan. And, yeah, you, we, were, we were watching Rick Rubin as much as we were watching uh, Gunther destroy, uh, you know, the two Sheamus and uh, Drew McIntyre. What a fucking match. Those guys. You took the point on that one, too, because I went with Drew because I said, they need to fucking do something with poor Drew McIntyre because this poor guy is floundering now. He goes from being the MVP, arguably, of that empty arena era to now he he can't even win the Intercontinental fucking belt. Now, I feel bad for Drew. You suggested what he needed was uh, a new sword. Yes, maybe, maybe a bigger uh, sword. And I said he needs a change of scenery and he needs to get the fuck out of Dodge because the writing's on the wall. And he is not the guy there. Crazy. Um, yep. Yeah. And just uh, let me tell you also, Mania, that SoFi Stadium is fucking sweet. Except for getting out of it. Getting out of it was ridiculous. Like, getting out of it, they tried to just make everybody go out one exit almost. And that's what it seemed like. So everybody was like... And they had one escalator, and then the other one was going down, but everybody was going up. Why not have both escalators going up? It makes it way easier. They made us funnel us all through a line. I thought I was going to get COVID for sure. And uh, it took forever to get out of that fucking stadium. And the next night, we, we watched the first five minutes of the Roman match, and then we fucking ran to the very top of the arena and we watched it from up top uh, so we could get out, so we could just walk out of the fucking arena without having to get funneled through the fish trap they had the night before. So, yeah, yeah, and then watching it from up top was great. Like, there was one part where I went uh, to the third level, and because where I was, there were no merch, there was a store, but there was no really good merch places to go. So I went looking for a merch tent, and I was on the third level, and I guess it was right after Rhea Ripley won because um, I went like towards the end of the Charlotte match and Rhea Ripley won and they had a lot of fireworks going off. I was right behind the fucking Hollywood sign when they let the <laughs> fucking, I almost hit the ground. I almost had a heart attack. It was insane. Like everybody was like, oh my God. Uh, insane, insane in the membrane. No, okay, here's a match that I think surprised a lot of people. Uh, the Seth Rollins Logan Paul match. I think Logan a lot of people. Paul. First of all, he uh, he he ziplines in like Shawn Michaels. 
yeah, you it. know, like he zip lines in like Shawn Michaels. First time I've seen anything like this in the WWE since the fall. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I'm glad they did it. They didn't do him like zip lining from the stadium top, but they just had him coming from like the second level, which is good enough. And yeah. the effect was there. His entrance was great. Logan Paul's great. Um, I didn't know who the person was in the Gatorade bottle or the bottle of energy drink that he had. I was a YouTuber that is also his partner on the Prime Energy Drink Company. Yeah, we were hoping it was our truth <laughs> because our truth would have been awesome. I'm right here to help you, Logan. You know, like. <laughs> I no, wish. it's uh, it's a partner in his business, and also he fought. He did a celebrity boxing thing against him, that kind of thing. But uh, that match was great, and it was uh, very entertaining. A lot of great spots, and it went exactly the way I thought it should. Yeah, we both had Seth Rollins over uh, Logan Paul there. They people love singing that Seth Rollins song. I'm telling they you love right it. now. They love it. They okay, love so it. so far. Uh, Casey, if we're keeping score at home, uh, if you've been listening to the prediction show and now the results show, so far, Casey, it looks like you are ahead by a point and a half. I am ahead by a century. Yeah, you got the point on the Flair versus Ripley match. Yeah. Oh, no. You're ahead again. Oh, you're ahead two and a half points. Three point. Oh, you're just kicking the shit out of me, Casey. You're, <laughs> you're just really kicking the shit out of me. We'll do a tally at the end of the show because it's going to be depressing if I keep uh, keep going back to saying how depressing this shit is. Uh, one thing neither of us saw coming. I'll tell you that though, Casey. Neither of us had this on our cards. Shane O'Mac returning and subsequently blowing his quad off of his body. Okay. First of all, um, the first night. Was that the first night? No, the second. That was the second night. That's the second night. Uh, what was the first night? So the first night surprise with Miz. Who came down and beat up Miz the first night? I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember either, and I was there. Um, no, may. Uh, oh my God! The first night, somebody came down and beat up Miz. Oh my God! Why can't I remember? Snoop Dogg. No, no, Snoop Dogg did it the second night after Shane McMahon Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny didn't show up. He wasn't there at all. Um, I don't know, man. <laughs> somebody, though, did come no, out. No, he was there. He helped, uh, he helped Ray Mysterio beat Dom. Who did? Bad Bunny? Bad Bunny. Yeah. I, oh, maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah, because you're right. Oh, no, the first night, Pat McAfee showed up. That's right. And, with fucking, and, and I couldn't, I didn't know it was Greg Kittle with him, the fucking tight end from the 49ers. But yeah. I was like crazy for, I love Pat McAfee. So I was excited McAfee showed up and uh, he destroyed the Miz as Pat McAfee should. And yeah. it was great. And then the next night, Snoop and the Miz are doing their segment. And Snoop was very entertaining. And then uh, Shane comes down and we were just laughing. Was nobody wanted Shane back? Nobody. And, no. And Shane comes down, and this might have been the greatest bump I've ever seen Shane take, except at Survivor Series a few years ago in Toronto, during the five on five. Uh, Roman Shane came off the top rope, 
and Roman jumped up and speared him and almost went through him. And he easily concussed Shane. Shane's head just bounced off the mat. It was the ugliest landing I've ever seen anything. Until this time. And, uh, yeah, so this time he comes down. He's doing the money. He's doing the dance. Boom. Gone. There goes his leg. And then, now, the Hunter said Snoop came up with this all on his own just to improvise. But there are TikTok videos that show the cameraman clearly yelling at Snoop, punch the Miz. Yeah. <laughs> so he punches the Miz, knocks They're him done. down. But Some I'm, of the worst rope running I've seen. Since uh, he runs the ropes like Carrie Sane. <laughs> You know, she doesn't really move the ropes very much when she runs them because she's so tiny. But he was him running the ropes was ridiculous. But the people's elbow, how great was that? He got up there. Oh, okay. So that was, it's a great little high spot that was out of nowhere. I didn't see that coming. I'll tell you right now, we in total with the We Watch Wrestling crew. Thank you, for We Watch Wrestling, for bringing me down again and being part of the making me a part of the show. We did uh, thir- 13, 13 matches in five days. 13 shows in five days, sorry. That's impressive. Plus two Comic-Con trips. Plus a whole bunch of elevator rides with wrestlers. Like uh, one time there was the, the four of us. There was a guy named Dan with us and, the, and me and the We Watch Wrestling guys, uh, Vince and Matt. We were all in the elevator, and Ron Simmons got in with us. Now, in the past, I've told the Undertaker story, and I told Ron Sim- and Ron Simmons is in that story because I met him that night, and uh, uh, the the two nights after the screw job, and I always thought Ron Simmons played for the Hamilton Tiger Cats because when yeah. Ron Simmons said it was cold that night, I was like, oh come on, you played in Hamilton, you were in the CFL, you you know what this weather's like. He's like, it hasn't wasn't this damn cold, you know. So we're in the elevator, and Matt McCarthy goes, hey, Casey, who's your favorite CFL team? And I, like I said, I thought he always paid for, played for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. But yeah. this may be the, the Macho Mandela effect in, a, in, in, in works because it turns out he never played for Hamilton. He played for the Ottawa Rough Riders, which is my favorite team because I'm from Ottawa. And not only did he play for the Ottawa Rough Riders, he played for them in 1981. I looked it up. And the oh, 1981 Rough Rider team is a legendary team because they went to the Grey Cup that year and lost. Who would have figured? They only had a 5 and a, five and 11 record. But the fact that you can make a championship with a 5 and 11 record <laughs> makes it legendary. So, so, he, so I said Hamilton. So he's Matt McCarthy in the elevator says, What's your favorite foot, Canadian football team, Casey? And I was like, Hamilton Tiger Cats. And then Ron Simmons goes, why not the Rough Riders? And then I was like, oh, my God. I am a fan of the Rough Riders. I just said Hamilton because I thought you played for Hamilton. I was like, how did you know I was from Ottawa? And then he's like, man, they're not even calling them Rough Riders anymore. What are they calling them now? I was like, the Red Blacks. He's like, oh. The red blacks, damn! That's not even. That's not even one color. It's two of them. God damn! And he walked out saying "God damn," and we were fucking laughing. We just thought that was the best. But then I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, 
and I couldn't figure out why how he knew I was an Ottawa fan. Then Matt McCarthy told me, no, he looked it up. He played for the Ottawa Rough Riders. I was like, how is this possible? I know every CFL player. Like I can name you uh, a wrestler from every CFL team. BC Lions. Argo. Give me an Argo. Uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. George Wells. Uh, yeah. you, you name any CFL team. Wait. What CFL team had the most pro wrestlers play for it over its history? Probably the Edmonton Eskimos. How many did they have? Well, I'll, I'll tell you how many I know. Uh, Stu Hart, <laughs> uh, Wayne Cashman, who went on to be superstar Billy Graham, and, uh, and and a guy by the name of Joe, who we know as Roman Reigns. So I'll just say <laughs> those three right there. That's all I know right now at the top man. Calgary, Calgary Stampeders. Uh, had, uh, well, obviously, The Rock for practice squad, but they also had Flying Brian Pillman. Um, the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders had Glenn Kalka. The Hamilton Tiger Cats, Angelo Mosca. Uh, the Ottawa Rough Riders, Ron Simmons, uh, and as well as Glenn Kalka. The Montreal Alouettes, or Concord at the time, Lex Luger. And they, and then you some of those teams like the Sacramento Gold Miners during the uh, failed U.S. expansion, Goldberg played for the Sacramento Gold Miners. So I know these where these people play. I just I, I you know, and what bothered me the most of it all is when the night that I met the Undertaker, I yeah. was told by my friend Val Belcher, who's passed away, God bless him, and my former boss. Uh, who played for the Houston? Uh, he, well, he played for the Ottawa Rough Riders, but um, that's when I met the Undertaker, and and the Undertaker introduced himself to me as Mark. You all know the Undertaker story, so so anyway, uh, I use Val Belcher as an icebreaker with the Undertaker. Well, guess what? Guess whose rookie year it was in 1981? Val Belcher's. Guess who else's rookie year it was in 1981? Ron Simmons. They were defensive tackle and offensive offensive guard. They would have played against each other in practice every fucking day. How about that? I could have name dropped Val Belcher and probably we could have talked for minutes and then I would have told him, are you even aware as an acolyte that Mark Calloway grew up with Val Belcher? <laughs> Worlds collide! You could have done that, and he probably would have been like this. Who the fuck are you? Well, next year, <laughs> next year at WrestleMania, I am tracking down fucking Ron Simmons. This story is to be continued. Bigger every year. To be continued. So All that right. was the best elevator ride. That was the best one. Worst one, Hacksaw Jim Duggan and his wife, because we know I don't like her. So love Hacksaw. Mm. Still not crazy about your wife because we all know she told me not to do wrestling stories when I'm opening for Jim Duggan because Jim does the wrestling and I should do the comedy. And like, fuck off. When it doesn't matter how good I do in front of Jim Duggan, the minute I get on stage, everybody goes, oh, and everybody's there for Jim. She doesn't get it. Anyways, that was the worst one. All right, back to the back to the review. Okay, so. We've got, we're working through this in a pretty good clip now. Uh, now let's go to uh, <laughs> Asuka versus Belair. Yeah, Belair, I believe I took. 
They love her. Remember they had all those girls coming out and dancing on the ramp? I didn't mind that as much. At least the sick kids. At least they did more than the sick kids. And one of those girls that was out there, I guess her mom passed away like yeah. that day, and she still went out and performed. Good on her. Good on Bianca. Great match as well. Loved it. Yeah, that's right. Now, okay. Uh, Brock, uh, Edge versus Finn Balor. You. My biggest Finn concern Balor. was how long it was going to take Finn Balor to crawl to the ring. Yeah, exactly. You did. Uh, now, we decided that the best course of action was for him to get some kind of skateboard and lay on it. <laughs> now, you predicted that Edge was going to come out a la Brood style, and you were right about that. Yeah, as the devil kind of thing, too. And he came out with that crazy mask helmet and Alan Brood. So I'm going to go ahead and take two points on that one. Yeah, uh, why not? And hey, if Finn Balor can get two staples put in his head to finish the match, um, <laughs> you know, for sure take two points. Yeah, you got fucked. That was a good match. That was a good match. It was it was insane. Yeah. I had a good time with that. Now, there's, there's a couple now that are a little bit cloudy. So uh, we were supposed to have uh, Bobby Lashley versus Bray Wyatt at and, the time of recording. And we're so glad uh, that didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, Casey, you picked Bobby. I picked uh, uh, Bray Wyatt if it happens. And then you called Bray Wyatt a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I am very happy to say I still agree with that. And uh, you know what? Not, not impressive. Um, you know, like my favorite wrestler in his family is uh, probably Barry Windham. So, mine is his father. IRS. Uh, I said, you got to pay your taxes, all right? IRS. Okay, so we, we're we're winding down here. Uh, so we got a couple more big matches. We have the Usos versus uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, and we both picked our boys from Montreal. Cause how could you not? Dude, the fact that they headlined and just dominated that night. And you know, and they knew, and they did it right too. Kevin came out first, stood at the top, and then they hit Sammy's music because we all know Sammy's more over than 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 Kevin is. Yeah, but, Sammy's super. But what a you know, man. And because you can sing along with it, people love singing, and when people love the singing the most, they love singing things that go, oh, oh, oh. They just love the letter O. Oh. Think of yeah. Seth Rollins burning it down. Oh, 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 if it was any other sound, they wouldn't do it. If people love saying "oh." Yeah, you know, right? You're right. Ole, 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 ole. Omas needs to get on this. Omas, 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 Omas. That's what we're doing. Uh, SmackDown. If he's wrestling, just know that now. We got to get those shirts ready though for that too. Um, Canadian. Boys. Now, now, we also have to start thinking about what we're going to wear for Forbidden Door. What are we going to wear for that? Canadian boys. I'm going to wear my New Japan jacket. I know I'm not, I'm not, I might even wear my full New Japan tracksuit. You know, just go saying. Big, go, go big or go home. If you haven't seen I it, I got it. this beautiful WrestleMania comedy store uh, shirt because the nice. Dolph Ziggler show was at the comedy store. And you've got, got a beautiful, beautiful. Reese. Reese tweets. Reese is Mike, uh, Rita, Mike Rita. Mike Rita. Stone Cold Steve Austin inspired stoner shirt. Beautiful. 
Um, okay, okay, we got more matches. Let's, we got more matches. Let's not talk fashion. Let's talk matching. <laughs> That's <was> pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> we got uh, we're bouncing around a little. We got Strom, Jan, Jan Snorman, and Ricochet. Uh, versus the Street Profits versus Alpha Academy versus the Viking Raiders. Yes. Who did I pick I for that? Forgot all about that match. Well, I no, I well the Street Profits. Well, you know, you forgot all about it. You made so many predictions for that match. I believe. But then afterwards, you, I forgot you, it happened. You had the Street Profits breaking up. Now I, I agree, the Street Profits eventually will break up, but it didn't happen at Mania. Didn't happen at Raw. Um, you know. Uh, but hey, uh, didn't the Street Profits win that? I think so. So we were both wrong. Yeah, we were both wrong. So, yeah. but uh, but it, that was a there was a lot of entertaining um, spots in that match. Oh yeah, a lot of entertaining yeah. spots. And now uh, <laughs> we've got two matches left to talk about here. All right. Uh, one of the matches is hilarious to me because I'm listening back. We weren't happy. Uh, so we have uh, Liv and Raquel versus Natalia and Shotzi versus Ronda and Shayna versus Sonya and Chelsea. Oh, that's I missed that entire match. Well, at the time, too, at the time, they hadn't announced three of the four teams that were participating. So. Yeah, so I get a point because t- my TBA was Ronda and uh, and and uh, and uh, Shayna Brazler. That's the way now, my I'll TBA give you the was. point because you're like, I'll pick TBA number two. Uh, and I said, I'm not voting on this. This is stupid. Fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you get the point on that one. Uh, Casey point. Uh, and then the last match we're going to talk about is the father and son fucking match. The which match? The father versus son match. Which, was, which first of all, Dominic's entrance was awesome. Yeah, we they coming in uh, with the paddy wagon and breaking him out of the paddy wagon and you know like funny, man. That was very, very funny. it oh was great. You know the fact that he's got the teardrop under his eye because he murdered someone in a prison. You know <laughs> that, that fucking makes me laugh so hard. And you know what? His hair is coming into its own. It's really Eddie Guerrero-ish right now. And you know <laughs> if he's not going to wear a mask, you might as well have hair like Eddie Guerrero. You know. Guerrero. Yeah, and it was yeah. just uh, it was great a great match. match. But we both got it wrong. We both. Well, you know what else? I was most disappointed. What was your biggest disappointment with WrestleMania? Do you do have one? Do I have it? Yeah. Was there a biggest it? disappointment for you? Because I'll tell you what mine was. What was your biggest disappointment? Let me hear yours. Well, I really wanted Andy Kaufman to be in his induction to be interrupted by Tony Clifton, in, in case you didn't it. remember. I yeah. felt Tony Clift like Andy, Andy would have loved Tony Clifton to show up and like just say Kaufman was nothing without me. I was the one that put Kaufman on the on the on the charts. Kaufman piggybacked off my entire career. Kaufman's a piece of crap, you know, like just come out and like try to take the award away from the brother and sister. Now they could have got Bob Zamuda to do it. They could have got Jim Carrey to do it. They could have called me. Fuck, you put me in that makeup. I could do Bob Zamuda. I mean, I could do uh, Tony Clifton, you know. Uh, I just was, and then yeah. nothing happened. Now, I wasn't at the SmackDown show. I was at another show, um, you know, 
and like uh, like GCW. They, okay, there was a there was. I have this pass here. I'll show you here. We'll put it up on the online there, so you can see it on the TNW Instagram. But here's this is the, called the Collective, and Perfect. basically this is a VIP general admission, and it's it's like nine different wrestling organizations coming together under GCW, and they had matches all weekend long at the Ukrainian Center, which is an appropriate place to have it because where else is there fighting going on? But then in the Ukrainian center, so um, uh, so many great fight. Like we saw so many great matches. I got you a treat. I got you. A, I got you a autographed Mike Speedball Bailey card that's coming your way. And that's funny because when I was getting the Speedball Bailey's card autographed by him, uh, it was at the Impact table, and they said, are you going to the Impact show in Toronto? Because I mentioned I was from Toronto. And I said, when is that? And they said it was last weekend, which was April 19th or 17th, 18th, whatever. Uh, I think it was 16th. And they said, it's April 16th and 17th. We're doing Rebellion, and we're doing the, the next night tapings. And I was like, I got a show on Sunday, but I, I'll be there Monday. And I was there Monday. Got to see Speedball fight again in a three-on-three, three, I believe, because Kushida is wrestling with um, with the Motor City uh, Machine Guns, so they call it Time Machine, which is a clever little name for them. And uh, they were in a three-way with uh, Trey Miguel, uh, Speedball, and I want to say one of the guys from the Ascension, but I can't remember his, who it is. Maybe maybe Victor. But Victor. but without the makeup now. So, anyways, the impact taping. Uh, I couldn't believe I found myself at wrestling this close after needing to come down from wrestling after Mania because it was just so overwhelming. Okay. But but, um, but yeah, it was it was great. It was it was great, 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 great. Oh, we'll talk to Colt Cabana about doing a show, and uh, we talked about it. And I said, my buddy Reese myself i said we can get dylan got i said k trevor wilson wants involvement in it and then i talked to rj city as well and uh yeah it, this might happen we might if, yeah. if colt is coming to toronto for forbidden door he doesn't work with AEW as much as he used to because he's more with ring of honor these days which also the ring of honor show supercard okay sidebar 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 they should have just let Briscoe win. They gave everybody, uh, which one died? Jay Briscoe, right? Jay Briscoe died. They gave everybody Jay Briscoe armbands, black armbands on the way in, and Mark uh, Mark Briscoe is going for the title against Samoa Joe, and it's just like, oh, Samoa Joe is going to drop the title to Mark Briscoe, and it'll be his first solo championship without his brother. It'll be great. They had all the family out there. And they marched them all out, and then they made Briscoe lose. And they did WWE. Then the WWE did that twice. They did it at the NXT pay-per-view the next morning. Uh, Candice LeRae was there with her baby while Johnny Gargano was wrestling, and he yeah. lost. And yeah. then Cody marched out his family, and he off lost. The bus. Straight off the bus and right into the Lunar's lineup, if, Cody. 
if you bring your so wrestlers, let's learn from this. If you bring your family to watch you wrestle, learn from Mick Foley. It's not gonna go well. You or know? Bret Hart. It just never goes well. It right? never goes well. Leave your the family only at home. That never worked out for him was the British Bulldog. Yes, because the families are back together. Um, That's the backbone of the autonomy. But but my God, like. It was just frustrating, but the uh, NXT show was really good. Uh, Braun Breaker, uh, hopefully he comes up to the main roster pretty soon. I say that one of the other biggest disappointments, not by me, but by a lot of people I felt, LA Knight is really over, really over. And I think a lot of people wanted him to show up at Mania, maybe come down and do one of those Miz spots. Or maybe the people wanted, they definitely thought he was going to show up on Monday night. He didn't do anything on Monday night. And I think the people of L.A. were upset. This is what he should do. This is what he should do. L.A. night needs, yeah. needs to grow his face. Or needs to grow his hair out a little bit. And then he needs to shave his face. And then he needs to say that he is Elias's other brother. Oh, Jesus Christ. You know they just made they just matched up Elias and Bogues. These guys are gonna be fucking playing fiddling guitars all over the place. And now put LA Knight into the mix and then have it be some weird family deal. I'm in. I'm in. I hate listen, I hate so many wrestlers that people seem to like. I don't like LA Knight like everybody does. You know what? Let's just say talking wrestling does not like LA Knight like everybody else does. First of all, to me, He's an impact guy. I used to watch him in Impact. Eli Drake. That's who there he is. Go. LA Knight. La Knight? That's the dumbest name in the world. La Knight. Come on. And we all know the only knights are British knights. The sneakers that light up in the dark. <laughs> you fuck. <laughs> British knights wear sneakers. What? Uh, yeah, yeah, I can't wait for the British knight movie to come out on how they made that shoe. You know, well, the, they already they released like a thousand, man. The, the the Knights of the Round Table, all of this shit, baby. It's like forget the Air Jordan movie. Hold out for the British Knight movie. That's the movie you want to see. Oh, have mm-hmm. you got a pair of Lancelots? Oh, how much do they cost? A Lancelot. Um... Perfect. Let's make some shoes. <laughs> the good Canadian boy Lancelots. <laughs> boy Lancelots. Oh, fuck. So, uh, there were a couple other funny things that happened. I talked to Brutus the Barber Beefcake, got my picture with him, and I said to him, uh, I said, how are you not in on this scissor me gimmick that's going on in AEW right now? You're the original guy. We're holding the scissors together. Shouldn't you just show up and scissor them both some night? And he's like, if "If you can get anybody to call me, I'll be there. (laughs) <laughs> so uh oh, brother yeah uh i will also say we went to the bret hart Tre- k trevor wilson and i went to the bret hart uh hitman's bar and how was that beautiful it was beautiful i took a five minute video of everything in there um the funniest thing was at one point there was a wrestling match on the tv because there's matches on all the tvs and they're all bret hart matches but on the main tv it was a Bret Hart match uh, versus Chris Benoit. So the manager oh, came yeah. up and apologized for the Chris Benoit. It just comes in every now and again. I was like, we're in Alberta. 
you don't have to apologize for Chris Benoit. Most people love him still here, you know. Yeah. So, uh, but the food was okay. The experience was all right. It was pretty dead when we were there because we were we went like nerds. We went like five minutes before it opened, and um, yeah. But all the memorabilia is there. Owen Slammies are there. It's cool. Uh, That's awesome. There's no tag team titles. They're not there. The tag team titles are missing. Um, yeah, but that's uh, pretty much it. Um, what else happened? I finished my card, my 20 cards that are autographed. I've got them done. I, oh, while I was down in L.A., I also bought uh, AD, AEW Spectrum, which is a one pack of cards for $150. and. What? And there are seven cards in the pack, so uh, you, you you're guaranteed to get one autograph. Yeah. Uh, so the autograph I got, red velvet. Anyways, uh, then I got a fabric card, like with of Excalibur with his uh, part of his suit. Okay. And not that great. Then I got this uh, chair. It's like a, a tin chair, and it's a Kenny Omega chair card. That was cool. And then that's three. And then the other four cards were very thick. I got um, MJF, um, one of the Young Bucks, and then the other two cards were just like, meh. I don't even remember who they were. But, um, yeah, it's a pretty cool. But I wanted to go back and buy two more packs, but I'm like, fuck no. It's 150 American. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. Um do have a lot of AEW cards so for you coming your way. So you got a red velvet autograph out of that. Nice. Yeah. That I think would make me the angriest. <laughs> well, you know, and I put her in my in my twenty card uh thing because some of so these are the autographs I got of the uh wrestlers that I got. So, you know, the average wrestler price to get an autograph was about forty or fifty dollars. I got Britt Baker, I got Adam Cole, I got John Morrison. I bought an autograph card of Okada. I got Lex Luger. I got Rikishi. Um, I had an autographed Naomi card that I pulled out of a pack, so I have that in there. Last year, I got Honky Tonk Man signed. Uh, I got Ted DiBiase to sign one. This year, I got Kevin Nash to sign one. Also apologized to him for the flaky joint that Walter wanted to give him that day, uh, <laughs> you know, which was good. Uh, I got RVD signed from RVD and Peyton Royce signed last year. X-Pac signed uh, last year as well. Who else did I get? Um, well, McFoley was signed last year. Christian was signed last year. So I got Red Velvet. And I can't see the final three on the bottom. Oh, Colt Cabana signed his for free for me. Um, what else? I can't remember the last two that are there. Where's that Sammy? Didn't you get a Sammy Guevara one of them? Oh, Sammy Guevara is in the middle. Yes, I do have him in the middle. And there's right now, there's a hat block. I got a WrestleMania hat. I got an Andy Kaufman shirt. I got uh, the WrestleMania Sammy Zayn um, shirt as well. Um, yeah. The Sammy Busso one with the Zayn on it? It says Wrestle Zayn. And on the back, it says Wrestle Owens. Yeah. So that was cool. Um, I love my WrestleMania hat. And, uh, yeah, the whole experience was uh, just insane. Like, saw Nick Gage wrestle. Uh, you know, um, 
oh my god oh my god i met nz and zari's uh his brother anise so there's nz and then there's anise and i met anise his brother at because uh, he's a big fan of the we watch wrestling show and uh he was at all the collective matches as well the gcw shows and uh one of them he had his brother with him so i was like standing behind nz and zari very easy to look over his head i'll say he's not very uh-huh. tall but um i didn't ask him for an autograph or even to meet him but it was just cool because he's the a celebrity you know they, you see parks and Rec's a popular show um yep. we also went to oh, the um japanese yoshi girls show at the globe and that was insane it was like cosplay and japanese all women and they're like you know like like stereotypical japanese and they come out and do a dance at first i'm like am i am i supposed to be getting turned on by this because i don't know i might be like like it was it was great it was so great Another show um, at the Globe, the Mark Hitchcock show at the Globe was amazing. Mick Foley made an appearance. Ken Shamrock was made special referee for a match. He knocked out Christopher Daniels and then fucking suplex filthy Tom Lawler. Uh, That was great to see. Um, Why isn't Ken Shamrock in the Hall of Fame? I don't understand why. He's done this show. Um... He's, he's, yeah, right there. But he's also, there was no tapping before Ken Shamrock. There was no ankle lock before Ken Shamrock. There was no um, Brock Lesnar Undertaker gloves before Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock literally came into the WWE and changed the business by bringing the UFC influence into the WWE. And now, look at, now the UFC owns WWE. Who would have yeah. saw that coming? Ken. That's why he did it. He's now, maybe Ken Shamrock man. can get into the WWE Hall of Fame because I know he's in the UFC Hall of Fame. Cause... Get him in. Get him in. Yeah. And then let's have a three-way. Brock Lesnar versus Ken Shamrock versus Ronda Rousey. Who's the best two-sport UFC WWE champion of all time? Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is the well Ronda Brock Lesnar is the answer, um, then then Ronda and then Ken, uh, but Ken yeah so um, yeah are there any other matches that we're missing that or just yeah, moments Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes oh of course so now one of uh, Matt McCarthy's friends Matt McCarthy used to write for the WWE so one of his yeah. friends came out and sat with us before the before WrestleMania actually started. And he asked me who I thought was going to win. And I said, well, you don't build Cody up. I'm like, I said, you know, I'm like, to me, I'm still mad it's not Sammy versus Roman. I said, I just, you know, this whole finish the story, what's the story? It, Cody won the Rumble. He gets a title shot. That's not a story. You had a year-long story with Sami Zayn. That's a story. And now Cody's like finished the story. I'm like, it's your first title shot since coming back. Last year, Cody got the biggest pop. But during the match, people were texting me saying, how 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 loud is the crowd for Cody? Like, And to be honest, it was 
It was 50 Roman Reigns bloodline fans and 50% Cody Rhodes fans. So yeah. you get 50% of the audience is for Cody. That doesn't tell me he should win. That tells me, you know, like he's not ready yet. He's not there yet. And to me, I'm going to be honest right now, I watched the Dusty Rhodes documentary and I loved it, but I cannot get past Cody Rhodes' neck fucking tattoo. You know, I just can't get by it. I used to love Cody Rhodes. I loved him in Legacy. I liked the man, uh, dashing Cody Rhodes. I liked him when he wore the mask to protect his face. But the minute he, I like gold, I like Stardust. But the minute he put on that dumb, stupid tattoo on his, he doesn't have any tattoos. The first tattoo you go for is the neck. What do you well, think? He has one tattoo. He has one tattoo. What, what is the other one? Dream on his chest. Oh, yeah, he had the other one done, too. I forgot about that. So, look it. He got Dream and Nightmare. He's really conflicted on what he wants. Um, he wants a good sleep, that's for sure. He needs a good sleep. Because what's the point of putting on a $10,000 suit with gold chains coming out of the pocket if you're going to have a stupid neck tattoo popping out? Hey, it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense. As a heavily tattooed gentleman, tattoo people can be classy too, Casey. No, we can be classy. We can be classy gentlemen. I know you're more tattooed than me, and I got tattoos too. But look it, come on, neck tattoo. It's not. It looks like a. It looks like a some a transformer fucked an American flag. Look, Cody's tattoo. Cody's tattoo. Honestly, it looks like shit. It's not it's a good neck tattoo. Terrible. It's it terrible. Good I can't get by it. Sure. I can't get by it. And like yeah, I said. I the biggest pop in the Cody Roman match was where Sammy came in. Does that tell you that Cody Roman? Why? And all these people were like, felt so entitled that Cody should have won. And it's like, he didn't deserve to win. There's no story. He hasn't done anything. Exactly. Yeah. He right. hasn't done I anything. I picked Cody Rhodes to win this match. And I'll tell you why I did, though. I explained it there where I thought it was going to be like, this is where the bloodline finally implodes. Like, the Usos lost the night before. I thought, like, Roman was going to look for the help. Give me the help. And then his family was going to fuck him over and he was going to lose the strap. Yeah. That's what I thought because he relied so heavily on them for so long. And then finally, listen, the Usos lost. It's done. It's over. Why? You're not keeping your shit either, Roman. Everybody's going down. But instead, they gave him the win. And they gave him. What bothered me the most, this is my biggest letdown of uh, WrestleMania 39. It's he won the match the exact same way his, he's won his last 73 matches. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like there's the family interference. And I get it. Oh, but that's his finisher. I, but, like, you figure – you don't figure that one out of the 73 people would have known that that might be his finisher to have the family involvement and then have – Maybe some involvement of his own, other than just Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens running down to just chase a person off temporarily. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just there could have, there could have been somebody else that could have popped out. They could those... have been an opportunity. No, no, imagine this. Okay. Okay. Okay, here it comes. Imagine this. Imagine this. Imagine. Listen, listen, listeners. Listen. Get close. It's coming time. The, the Usos just got chased out of the building by Sami Zayn and, and Kevin Owens. They're chased out. Who's that coming through? The, it's fucking Solo Sokoa. He's back, and just as he's about to come and unleash that spike, 
Matt Cardona. Oh, boy. Makes the fucking stop. Stops him dead in his tracks. Cody hits it. Fuck, Cody takes the strap. The bloodline is done. There are a few more ways that that could have gone that would have gotten such a huge pop. No. And this is why. And this is why people felt underwhelmed with night two versus night one. I don't know if you noticed this. Night one ends with the faces finally going over and getting the win on the bad guys. Everybody pops and loses their shit. The night two, Roman Reigns goes over, and everyone's like, oh, this fucking sucks compared to night one. The difference is sometimes you have to let the good guys win. We get it. The, the thrill is in the chase, but sometimes they got to catch up. If yeah. you don't catch up, it's not a chase. You're just running behind the person. Yeah, I agree. You know, and like right now, they're like, finish the story. They could have finished that story. It didn't have to be with Cody winning clean, even. It didn't have to be with Cody winning, sure. I but the way that Cody, they chose to end that chapter, I thought was uh, look at it, left there's still, I I think there's more of a story to tell with Cody and Roman. I don't think it's done yet, and that's yeah. what I want to see. I want to see it go. Uh, I just don't want to see a guy win a spot at the Royal Rumble and then come down and win the title. I but want see, like, more for me, like this, this is this is the thing for me, like. Roman Reigns has been with the strap now for a bunch of days. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn won the strap at WrestleMania, and they're already sowing seeds that they're going to break up on television. And it's just like, yo, you can't have such decent, like, uh, long-term storytelling and then try to rush something like this. Yes, but mind you, we don't know what the fuck's going on. Like, you know what? Like, FTR came out at the Ring of Honor show, and they gave their final bow at the end of the Ring of Honor show, like they were leaving, but then, you know what? And then all of a sudden, Saturday, the rumor goes around that WWE just got bought, and the next thing you know, Vince McMahon is back in the fold, and that's why I don't think you saw FTR going to the WWE. That's why I don't think you saw Jay White going to the WWE. Uh, You know, like... Vince McMahon's presence is keeping a lot of people away. Vince... People don't want to work for Vince McMahon because Vince McMahon has done nothing but they've built stars with NXT and then Vince McMahon just crushes these stars because he doesn't like them or he ruins them. And, you know, and now that Vince is back, you know, it's just like, look at that was not the apparently from what I've heard, there was a completely different Monday Night Raw script. And then Vince came in with his own script. And that's why we saw the same thing that happened to John Cena years ago when he lost at WrestleMania. Brock Lesnar came out the Monday night and destroyed him. Vince just did, well, why not do this? It worked before. And then Brock came out and destroyed Cody. Now, did I love that? Yes, I did. But um, we've seen it before, and that's what Vince is all about, repeating what we've already seen. That's right, man. And that's why, like, unfortunately, it will never change as long as he's there because it's, 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 he's an old man who's set in ways, you know. And, um, you know, and I, you know, I was happy with Hunter running things, uh, to be honest. I'm not a Hunter Hearst Helmsley fan, but I do like the way they book. I do like Shawn Michaels, the way he books. Uh, Shawn Michaels, uh, you know, called the WrestleMania last year. I do believe he called the WrestleMania this year. Um, it's just, a, it just sucks that like, you know, they're going to take a couple steps backwards. You know, I still call Gunther Walter, you know, like, 
it, it, it doesn't even make sense changing his name. But okay. over and all in all, WrestleMania was an incredible experience. Ring of Honor, great experience. NXT, great experience. All the other shows, way too many. Impact, you know, my God, Impact, uh, you know, um, Jeepers. Uh, pretty good show there, too. So, you know, wrestling is hot, and that's good. That's great. So, and we got a summer. We got, uh, now it looks like I'm going to miss SummerSlam because I think I'm being shipped out to Winnipeg uh, to tell jokes. But we do got Forbidden Door, and we do got SmackDown. And, uh, yeah, so that is going to be too sweet. It's going to be a great summer. And, um, yeah, fucking excited for it. What do you got coming up, Reese? Uh, this weekend, uh, I'm at Fanibus. Uh, it's a cannabis and fan expo. Uh, I'll be guest commentating uh, the wrestling event there uh, mm-hmm. with Eric Bullwhip Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be doing the commentary of the wrestling there on the Friday night. Uh, I believe uh, Ken Shamrock will be there as well but, uh, as a referee. Uh, and then Saturday during the day, I think I'll be there as well. I think at like 3 p.m. or something, maybe 4 p.m. Uh, but I'm fan of this weekend and uh, I'll be uh, with you. Yeah, we are at Showtime uh, Comedy on a uh, on Saturday night. This will come out uh, tomorrow. On, well, this week you'll be listening to this on Friday. If you're in the St. Catharines area, uh, come out to uh, Showtime Comedy on uh, Saturday night as we will be there. And then, um, you know, check uh, check our Instagrams for whatever's going on. Uh, we're and talking wrestling soon. We'll have a TikTok. I'm working on that now. Making little videos, uh, trying to take uh, interviews that we've had in the past and trying to make uh, little clips of them. And uh, that's what I've been working on. So, um, yeah. And plus the stand up as well. So, uh, a lot is going on. So, check out our Instagram, Casey Corbin, comedian, and uh, Reese, uh, Reese Turner's Instagram, which is R E underscore Reese T. Yeah. And uh, yeah, check those out. And uh, yeah, and of course, always check out Talking Wrestling. Thank you for joining us today on the show. Uh, we have a Reese Turner, myself. We're gonna talk to you probably two weeks from now because uh, we got a lot of wrestling to talk about. So uh, we won't we won't stay away for so long. We'll be back before the end of the month. So uh, yeah. Yeah, we might even, I don't know, we might even start doing two episodes a month now again because we're out of COVID because we, we, we tailed back during COVID. And we got to start doing some live ones together, buddy. We got to start doing the live ones together. We got to get going on those too. And hopefully sure. maybe a, hopefully a live show this year. Hopefully we can do something like that. So, do it. Um, yeah, but hey, if you're interested in live show, let us know. Hit us up, talkingwrestling.gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Until then, I am uh, Case Gordon, Reese Turner. Thank you for letting us put a headlock on your ears. On behalf of Never Sleep Starvers, uh, Talking Wrestling, uh, we appreciate you. All the best, and we are out.
Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com.